Um, welcome everybody to service with a smile. Uh, this is a session that is devoted to looking at how um, studios that have done a lot of service work carve out time for themselves to create uh, intellectual property uh, or as we just refer to it, uh, IP and what um, successes they've had, what are the lessons that they've learned, if they could do it all over again, would they even work in this business? I think the answer to that is, is the, probably a, a huge resounding yes, um, but it, it probably comes also with a, a deep uh, ladle of faith or, or belief in, in, the, in one's ability to, to get through all the hurdles and get to a place that, that makes sense um, for them as studio owners and creators. They're all experienced, uh, each in their own, actually quite different ways. Their journeys are a little bit different, but the, they have a lot in common uh, in terms of sharing with you all uh, what um, the whole thing is about. Because really, when we were discussing this session, we realized that um, it's actually about creativity. Uh, it's about creating new ideas and getting those new ideas in front of the audience that we all care about which is kids. Just actually, I'm trying to look at you all, but I can't look at you all because it's a bit of a bright light. Um, how many of you here would describe yourselves as writers, stroke animators, stroke creators? Just a show of hands. Okay, I would say that's just about under half. Uh, and the rest of you are here because you're interested. Okay, that's good. Not to throw eggs at any of us, I hope. Um, okay, so I'm going to uh, do... Quick introductions, you have Gary Timpson, Keith Chapman, Dominic Mims, and Jamie Badminton. I'm going to allow them to just quickly, very quickly, guys, introduce themselves, show you a little bit uh, of both their service work and their IP. Now, we're trying to keep this very brief because ultimately it's, it's more about um, the conversation. So starting with Keith. My name's Keith Chapman. Um, I created, my first show was Bob the Builder. Um, which allowed me, the success of Bob allowed me to uh, get involved in this, in this business. Um, created some other shows, Fifi and the Flower Tots, and co-created uh, Rory the Racing Car, and then produced Ra Ra the Noisy Lion, and Little Charlie Bear through a, my company, which no longer exists. Um, and now I've gone back to um, just doing stuff myself. Um, I've got a new show, which is currently um, playing out on Nickelodeon, which launched last year which is now doing really well in the, in, uh, the US, called Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is um, produced by Spin Master Toys, a bit of an unusual one, came through a toy company, um, and they are um, doing this with uh, Nickelodeon, so it's uh, a really uh, fantastic um, contribution from uh, Nickelodeon on the funding for this. Well, Keith's journey is interesting because he went from being a single creator to owning and running um, a, an IP company as well as an animation studio to then going back to sort of where you started. The one-man band, band, yeah. No, one no man more band. pressures. Exactly. When we'll we'll no dig more, into that no, a No more bit wages. As we go along. So coming along to Jamie. And this is Duck. We're on CBeebies.
Um, uh, I'm Jamie Badminton from Carrot Entertainment. Um, we founded Carrot in 2008 with Chris White and Tim O'Sullivan and we, we formed it in order to develop children's IP and children's TV series but we knew we needed to build up our creative momentum and uh, experience by opening a, a service studio. So we've done service work from the start so it's always been part of our DNA and our creative growth. Um, we just saw a couple of idents that we've done both for our own show Sarah and Duck which we got commissioned in 2010 with CBBs. We're just on the second series of that at the moment. Uh, this, this project I'll just show you a quick clip from is a, uh, a new series for Cartinito, uh, called Child's Farm, that we're doing with uh, Turner and Content Creatures. And it's a, a series that's fully, fully funded by a uh, children's hair care brand for, 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 sensitive, for, for sensitive skin. They're spending all their advertising money on a, on a series um, to, to make their characters, to make the characters on their packaging have some, some, uh, some bigger depth behind them. So we're doing 20 episodes, and there's just a little 45 second clip of that series. Cue the music. Dominic, I think we go on to you now. Hello. Um, so uh, I'm the creative director and found, founder, co-founder of Plugin Media. And um, as you can see, we've worked with everybody who's ever had a children's television program. <laughs> because I make, uh, I come from the interactive world. So that if you are a broadcaster or a producer or a rights company and you've got a TV show, um, we will work with you to, to, to come up with an interactive strategy. And we will then go away and build you a lovely game. Um, uh, however, it was, uh, uh, as, as I'm sure we'll get into in this, in this conversation, you know, agency, uh, agency work alone is, 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 a, is a tough old game, especially in, in, uh, the, given their budgets in the interactive sector, which I won't moan about. Um, and so we moved, we've been moving towards our own IP and um, have, have set up our own IP branch for the business and have just had our first um, series commissioned off the back of an interactive uh, property. So we released, released, a, released a brand last year um, on the CBB's website, and they said, if, if everyone likes it, then, then we'll, we'll give you a series, which they now have. Thank you, CBB's. <laughs> This is the story of T and Mole, a little monkey and his monkey mum, who sometimes want to do different things, but always end up having fun together. T is painting a birthday picture for his friend Lily, but Moe is having trouble finding costumes to wear <coughs> to the party. Gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that was a that was that was a promo animation for one of the ten games that we did that that, that CBB's um, kindly gave us um, money to do these promo animations. The first five of which went on iPlayer for two weeks when they came out, um, and they, they they got sort of nine and a half, but just just under a million plays in in the two weeks they were on. And so then when we went and said. It's popular, so so, so Kay, Kay Bembo said said yeah, great, fantastic, have a series. So so yeah, that's what we do. Well done. Well done. I'm going to pass this to Gary, <coughs> who's going to introduce Cavalier. Hi, I'm Gary Timson from Cavalier Productions. We're an Irish-based company, um, who I jointly manage with Andrew Kavanagh. We're 13 years in business this year, and in that time, we've created six shorts, seven uh, preschool properties. 
projects and a platter of 2D, 3D commercials as, long, as well as some interactive work. Um, just recently we uh, closed the finance on our latest preschool offering, Wildernuts, the second 26. And uh, by August 1st we will have delivered 52 by 11 uh, Sears Bodge for CBB's PPS um, in partnership with Pesky, Clotcat and, and, Clotcat and uh, Pesky Cl and Clotcat, sorry. Um, and we are in development on our new show, Kiva Can Do, which we're launching, uh, pitching at Cartoon Forum. And uh, Dracools, which is a show that we've seen on our slate for a number of years, but it's recently been resurrected and it's, it's garnering a lot of interest. So from, a, from an IP perspective, uh, Wildernuts was almost funded entirely from Ireland, so it's actually very interesting you know, uh, that we actually managed to raise most of the finance. And we're delighted that we're going into second uh, 26. Uh, we just kicked off last month. And I'll just show you some bodge now, which is our uh, co-production ser slash service project. And that's Bodge. The, the interesting about Bodge was one of the first projects that was availed of both uh, Irish and UK tax credits. So um, we're very happy with that. And we sure we'll touch. Yeah, we sure we'll touch on that later. I know we discussed it this morning. So thank you, um, Dominic. I want to turn to you first because, in in many ways, you did start out as a pure service yeah. business, um, and you now. You know, successfully, and congratulations, making that transition in, into IP. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about the challenges that you faced, you know, running a full-on service business, yeah, and in making that transition? Yeah, I mean, I I will, and um, you know, I, I said I wasn't going to moan about interactive, but I was lying when I said that. Um, uh, it, the, the, the interactive service, um, uh, you know, making interactive for broadcast, which is where we're kind of from. Um, is 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 just brutal. It's a, it's a brutal, brutal, brutal place to be. We, the, the the budgets get smaller and smaller and smaller. The tech changes constantly, so you have to do constant education of your staff. Um, the you know moan moan moan. Anyway, it's very very difficult, and um, our profit margins or, or profit margins within the industry are incredibly low. So um, whereas. So can you give us? Can you just give a concrete example? When you say they're incredibly low, what are we talking about here? Well, we said we said we'd speak in metaphors earlier when talking about. I actually <laughs> said you'd speak in figures. You were the one who said uh, we'd speak in metaphors. Uh, I mean, I, I, what I, what I'd say is that, like, inter if you you can make a game for like budgets range between kind of twenty to thirty k, uh, to sort of one hundred and fifty. Um, and, and 150 is pretty big, and that's a six-month job, and yeah. that's that's pretty big. And and um, what do you make on a on say a budget of 150k? Uh, well, I mean, you would have to ask my CEO and, <laughs> and who, who who but but we 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 don't. It's not a wonderful percentage. Yeah. I mean, what I'd say is that uh, also um, competition is is very fierce, um, and uh, we have to pitch for work, and say we get about one in. One in five pitches, one in six we win. So essentially, we have to do a pitch a week um, just to keep the service side, just to keep enough money. The service, the service industry side of our business pays for 
the service side of our business and yeah. that's that's pretty much it and how many do you need to do a year just to stay afloat <clears throat> oh gosh again you know uh money and a few fair words yeah yeah i i, I mean again i'm not the figures end yeah. of the business so really we asked the wrong person you asked the wrong person yeah <laughs> okay yeah i mean i mean i mean you know we we're doing all right we're doing all right our, um our, you know we're, we're just under a million turnover and we've steadily gone up every year and i think we're in bit we're on a in sort of 13 to 18 percent i guess right. um uh but um there are four of us in Brighton, four agencies who do what we do, and the other three have gone bust over the course of a year, and they're all fantastically talented, just as talented as us, if not more so. And, it, and, and you know, it's only through kind of luck and this fact that we've gone into, gone into IP, really, that, that we survive. But really, you've only got to have a couple. You've only got to miss one pitch too many yeah, and have one know. client pay late, and then that's... That's, but that's, you say you're lucky and get you're you're lucky in getting into IP, mm. um, but you did it in a very clever way. Yeah, I mean that was what was that's that that's the flip side of that coin is that, um, you know, having had so much practice working with so many brands, um, and 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 um, you know having such a great relationship with the BBC, uh, we were when we when we developed a property we thought was ready for for series, we were able to get the interview and go and pitch it to. To Kay and um, and they said to us, um, well, you know, we're not sure it's we're not sure it's ready for a series. Um, how about you know, you guys do great, you, you guys do great um, interactive. Why don't you you reversion it for interactive release, and um, uh, you can make that for we'll commission you to make that, and and then if as I say, if people like it, we'll go for series. But what that meant in terms of development, whereas up until that point, we've been scratching for like every 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 time there's like an act two hours spare to go and work on TMO and get in a meeting room and just do quick TMO, 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 another meeting, something else, you know. Um, that's, that's how we'd had to develop it up to that point. But because CBBS commissioned it, we were being paid as, as, as uh, basically as a service job to, to, to create um, uh, all, these, all, this, all this interactive material for TMO. And a section of that budget was again, you know, we were, we were using to develop the TV show. And also developing all the interactive material, we were making our models, we were finding out, do the, do, do, do the designs work, can the characters emote enough, we're doing all that, you know, um, technical R&D, art R&D, um, story, you know, all of that stuff, we were, we were, we were being paid to develop. Um, essentially, um, the, the BBC pay, paid us to, 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 de to develop our brand and then, then commissioned it from us. So that is the flip side of, of coming at it from the interactive okay. point of view, so it's been quite exciting. Jamie, if I can turn to you, you always wanted to create IP and sort of came into a service studio in a reverse order. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, we, we started off um, uh, in, in 2005, I started working with Chris and we, we worked on a, uh, he hired me to illustrate a, a children's book that I ended up then taking over the writing of and we self-published it. Um, but we sold about 3,000 copies of it, but then kids in two weeks' time wanted the next one and it would taken me a year. So we realised that we, if we were going to, tell big stories seriously, playing to our strengths as I studied animation at uni and as did Tim, playing to our strengths there to open a studio made a lot of sense. Um, we were very lucky with our first project to, um, to beat out some other studios to win a, uh, a job uh, which was a 13 episode series for CBBC called One Minute Wonders, um, where the subject changed, we did the animation parts and the subject changed every minute, which meant that we had to hire very, very flexible people. 
um, uh, that had that, that could animate as well as design. Um, and those eight people that we finished that project with, it was only it was, you know, a six-month project, are still with us now from 2008, you know, and that's enabled us to have that consistency. But as you said, um, we always had the goal of developing um, our own IP. So as soon as that project ended, we found commercial work and little bits of corporate work where we could, but we kept the team together and we developed about ten ideas. Um, and that, that sounds a bit scattershot, but when there's eight people there, you know, they, uh, there's two people helming each one, and Sarah and Duck rose to the top of that. But we really, every spare second, like you said, like Dom was saying, we, we made sure it was just TV development. We weren't making short films as well, even though that's a great thing to do. Yeah. But we were making things that could help us move on along that path. And, and happily, Sarah and Duck, um, uh, we pitched at Cotting Forum in, t in t 2010. And, uh, and so Sarah and Duck was, two years one, and it was mm -hmm. one of those 10 ideas yeah, that you were developing. Ideas, yeah. And so how did Sarah and Duck kind of rise up to be the one that you guys decided to focus on? Um, from pitching it lots of places and, and getting, getting, getting responses. It was actually the first one we made little animation test for. Um, it, it evolved quite a lot from that point. But uh, we... Uh, we had, we just felt like it was a small enough show for us to make. We, we sort of really wanted to make our first show in-house to, to enable us to um, learn our craft, really. Because um, yeah. I think if we'd have gone straight into co-production, um, we wouldn't have quite known which battles to pick. But by doing, um, by, by trying to stick to our guns and make a show that was small enough to make in-house as well, that was part of the decision, I think, did you say, and Duck, um, um, as well as the interest, uh, it, it enabled us to, to grow at the right rate. Um, so it, it, if we'd have gone for one sort of six to eleven comedy first, I think it would have been a bit too big for us to do in house. Yeah. So, so again, we've been growing sort of steadily to about forty people now. So. Yeah, and I wonder whether actually you would have been allowed to do a six to twelve comedy. Yeah, it's you tricky know, if you're well, an unknown you know. studio. It's kind of that's a very very there were, tough game. There were more into. people commissioning preschool as yeah. well, but um, yeah. it was we, we just we all fell in love with that show more than any of the others. At the end of the day, it was yeah. the show that seemed to have the um, the writing was sinking the quickest. So. And kind of the, one of the things you said this morning, although we said we weren't going to say that, was um, you know, kind of the importance of, of, of having a, a concrete vision, uh, knowing what you want to, want to do, what you want to kind of, you know, where you want to end up, and not getting distracted along the way. Yeah, I think um, it's also us. very important. We have had opportunities since Sarah and Doctor work on fifty-two part eleven show, uh, fifty-two eleven minutes, yeah. and we just. We thought about it very carefully, but we found that at that stage it was just a little bit too big for us. Mm. Um, so we've taken on the show that we've just done for Cartoonito is, is, th is 20 times 3, which is a fabulous length. And um, it's one a week. It's very fast. Yeah. But, um, but uh, it, it's, it's enabling us just to grow the team at the right rate. So if you, you don't want to sabotage what you've already built up, so taking decisions on which commercial projects you, you do, if you do have any options, is, 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 is quite important too, because you can undo it all quite quickly. Yeah, um, and, by and how many people, up. and when you say the team, how many people are there at Karen? Um, there's 40 now, for just over 40, 42. Right. That's sort of, our, that's the, um, with the 20, 25 of those in Sarah and Dark, and the commercial team is around sort of 18. So um, and we can scale up and scale that down with projects, but we do have space for, for a couple of commercial projects at a time. Okay, that's, that's very good. Yeah, but we try and balance that. So. Gary. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you, you, because you guys started with service work and you, you had, you told me a very interesting experience that your kind of service work was very particular. It was, it was, you know, it was good. Yeah. And then at a certain point, it just completely dried up. Yeah. Like last year, like I'm seven, seven Andrew, we'd have regular meetings and it's why it stopped. I think it's just, it's been almost. Can you describe what it was? What yeah, was we were doing a lot of, we were doing a lot of interactive work for Play for so Games. So sort of what? Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah. stuff that Dominic's doing. Yeah, I, you were talking earlier, but you were doing a pitch a week, is it yeah. there about? So, you know, we weren't pitching that often, but 
weekend in a job from play first games, for example, and it could inquire it could require like thirty, forty people, and we'd have those people there for a year or six months. So and the, the margins was were quite healthy. So we were taking those margins and we were able to develop. Did you hear that, Dominic? The margins were quite healthy. <laughs> yeah. No, we're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. You know, I'm not yeah. rubbing it in or anything. I'm just just pointing it out to you. Sorry. So my on. helicopter's on the roof, so uh, um, <laughs> just uh, being polished. Um, but uh, you know, so the, the margins were fairly healthy, and you know. We managed to, like we were doing it for six, seven years, we were getting constant work and we were able to take some of the margins and develop our projects. You know, so we were a little bit in the comfort zone, but just last year, it's almost a year since it just stopped. And uh, we had, we, luckily we had um, two projects running, you know, at the time, so we had to become fairly lean. And look, we've got, we've got like 40, 50 people at any one time. And, uh, you know, we had to uh, sit down and look at how are we going to bring in a service where it just wasn't coming, you know. So we're, we're starting to now look at, can we have our cake and eat it? Can we bring in, you know, developer IP? We don't have that resource now to tap into. So we've had to be very lean in our, in our IP development. So what we've done is we've put a kind of a plan in place where we try and, you know, uh, tap into soft funding wherever it may lie, and then also try and you know regenerate the service. You know, so it is. A, it's 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 kind of a good thing it happened because yeah. it kind of it it opened up and it kind of identified the chinks in our armor. You know, because we were you know coasting, not coasting, never coasting innovation, but mm. um, I think it showed that you know we were kind of using the service margins and just this one company or two companies, the margins were quite healthy, so we were able to rely on it. But you know. We just had a kind of a glip last year where one of our projects took an extra six months to close, yeah. and it was a very stressful time. It was just that we weren't closing, and it really showed up that we needed to, to look at different avenues of, of revenue stream. Yeah, so the, people often say to me, particularly at the points when you're feeling you know, quite down about life, they say, well, you know, Christopher, the only thing that's guaranteed in life is change. Yeah. And you go, gee, thanks, that's, that's really helpful. But I mean, it, it, it's true. I mean, you know, it's kind of one of the things that you, when you think about the future is, is you know that whatever you're doing, you got a plan for for change. You do. I, I mean, is what you learned. Yeah, we had to. We brought in like uh, advisors as well, who we meet monthly now from a purely just accountancy. Because myself and Andrew came up, you know, from 1990 in Bali College, and you know, I headed off, and Andrew, you know, settled at the Cavalier in 2001. I came back, and you know, we were never accountants. We were never, you know, mm -hmm. there's no managing course in any animation club. They don't sit you down and go, right, this is how you put a plan together, this is how you budget it, you know. So you learned it on the job, and we all have done that, you know. But um, I think that. Uh, you know, so it kind of showed up our company, and we have we've put in plans in place now to try and you know, yeah. you know, not face those problems again. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Touch wood. Okay, um, Keith, coming to you, not last, certainly not least. Um, your journey is is in many ways extraordinary uh, and unique. I, I do this as a physical body, like because I'm quite jealous, really. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, Keith Chapman, yeah, Bob the Builder, and Paul Joel, and everything else. Um, you know, you, in many ways, you kind of, you know, you started as that creator, and then you created Chapman <coughs> Entertainment, and, and that went through, a, a, again, an extraordinary trajectory to kind of emerge out of that as, you know, Keith Chapman creator. If you could kind of look back on, on your younger self, um, what would you say to your younger self about that whole trajectory? Um, probably... Don't employ so many staff. <laughs> so it is a question of overheads, because I guess this, you know, this no, is the thing is. When um, you... Yeah, I think we kind of overspent at the wrong time. It was just bad timing on on our part. Um, we invested in two shows just at the wrong time when the world kind of just fell off a cliff, um, and we had to keep the 
the company going. I had to put some personal money in to, to keep it going. We had a lot of animators. You know, we were responsible for, for Phil and his team up in um, Manchester, keep all those guys going. We had another studio over at Pinewood working on another, another show. I think we had about 80 or 90 people on the payroll at one time. Um, and it was, uh, it was too much, we had, so we had too much going out the door. Not enough coming in. Uh, the royalties were, you know, obviously the merchandising had sort of stopped or was going the other way. And I think we just got into trouble. So I think, um, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I love this business. Obviously, I love, I love doing what I do. And it's great now to be back just to just doing to the pure be creative. responsible for myself. And that's yeah. it. Um, just doing what I love, and which is creating, so not the what business. what would you say to these three? Um, well, you know, um, Run. <laughs> I think, um, no, you know, you can, you can do it. And, and be successful with a company, you just need really good people around you. And we had great people, but we just, we just, you know, the timing was wrong, and we probably just, I think you're doing it right, Dom, just doing it bit by bit. Um, you know, you, you've started small, you, you know what your margins are, you've moved on to a show now, and you're, you're doing it the prop, probably the proper way. We just went out, you know, big show, you know, Four milliard, don't worry. You know, we'll we'll pay for that. And then we'll you guys <laughs> were good salespeople. That's we, for sure. Yeah. We um we kind of uh, just overstepped it, but you know we should have done it a little bit more gradually. I think just to, just to weather that storm. Yeah. And it's coming back now. It's good. It's a good time now with obviously the tax breaks and there's a lot of work out there. To I be mean, yeah, you did hit that <clears throat> that you know, the financial meltdown, which yep. you know yep. impacted we quite a lot of companies. Yep. I mean, entertainment rights is gone. But, you Corian know, is gone. You guys are gone. I mean, it, it did have an impact. I think so, and it, and it goes in cycles. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a golden period again coming. I, I think that um, you know, Phil up at the uh, factory is doing great. Everybody I speak to, he's got work. Jamie's got great shows on, the, you know, coming up, and and I'm doing shows with other <laughs> other um, companies that are optioning again. So it's, it feels good. It's, it feels like a good So could time you again. see yourself running another studio? I don't think so. So you've no. been there, done that, and kind no. of thought, actually... I wouldn't want to. I, I like doing what I do now and actually have relationships with several different production companies. Um, I've got one going on at the moment in Canada, one in France, yeah. one in London, which, which is exciting. You, know, you, can, you can put your concepts with uh, the right person for the yeah. job and, and they're much better businessmen than, than me so yeah. let them let, let them do it really well I think it makes you sharper you know if you have a lull in business and you just you manage to come out of it you just you kind of regroup and say oh, look how, you know what are we doing wrong and what do we keep doing wrong you know because you're going for like particularly in the closings in, in Ireland the tax breaks there's a comfort blanket with the four yeah. at once you you know it's every time I tell people oh, you get all the money up front and which we do so we become a treasury so you do become a treasury of money, and you know, if we do manage it fairly well, but it it does kind of give you this layer of comfort, and you do, you kind of not that you rest in your laurels, but you know, if a project starts to wane or you have problems, you know, closing a project, it really kind of sharpens you up, and you sit back and go, well, what do we need to do? Like we did the same thing last year, and I think we had a little last year, and it kind of made us rethink our strategy, you know, and how do we how do we need to employ so many people as, for so long? And, yeah. And certainly, we, do, I mean, we don't keep people past a certain point, you know, core staff. So there's all these factors we look at, you know, that, and with the tax credit changing next year, you know, the, 
the comfort blanket is going to be you know, you know swept away. It'll be you know it'll be difficult for us to to raise the finance. So it's you know when you do have a lull, Christopher, it's kind of it makes you it, it makes all the better think. for it. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you know you look at you know IP creating ideas doesn't need an animation studio, and an animation studio doesn't necessarily need IP to survive. So you sort of look at you know those two things and three out of the four of you are combining those two. Um, Dominic, you know, you pure service, now IP. How do you think the IP game is going to change your business? Well, um, it's, it, it, it has changed our business and it's really changing our business because um, having a production company where you're developing IP and having a, an agency where you're pitching for work, that's just two jobs, you know. So, We've had to drastically um, uh, sort of change our structure and, and and train up staff to take more more responsibility from me for the for the for the um, kind of agency stuff. And but I mean, you were saying a minute ago, you know, why why have an animation studio if you want to do IP? Mm. And and um, I think that, that, that I mean I'm arriving to the you know we've done lots of animation we've worked with lots of animation companies um but i'm i'm arriving to linear animation like a happy freshly plucked chicken ready for the roasting and i and um and, and i was thinking while you were saying that that that, that actually um what having the agency has has got i mean i've got a really super clear idea for for our show i'm passionate about it i've been working on it for years but I am surrounded by um, a, a team that, 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 that are in the agency that who uh, most of most of the, the, the art and tech we've got straight from university and trained up within the business and who are just super super talented I couldn't be more in love with my staff without being you know illegal um, <laughs> are any of them here I mean, yeah. they... no they're not I, okay. I, I, I tell strangers that you must remember um, to tell them that. Yeah. and uh, I can't tell them because that makes it illegal. Anyway, um, uh, so but what so what I'd say is is coming into this as a new thing, ha knowing that I've got I, I know exactly what they can all do. I, I've got all that talent at my back. It's not just me going. I'd quite like to make a TV show, <laughs> you know, and 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 and. Um, you know, and having to manage, you know, is is that are those people going to design the figures, the, the the characters the way I want? Are they going to animate it right? Are those guys in Canada going to, you know, you know? I I know I'm coming into it with my gang, with my awesome, awesome, talented gang, and so I, and I feel a lot, lot, lot more confident for doing that because I know these people, I know I know what they can do, and um, and yeah, I'm very, very grateful for that. So so that would be a reason. Right. And do you think that you'll kind of just scale back on the service work if, if the IP business yeah, takes off? Yeah, I off? think so. But I don't think we'd ever give it up because, you know, as, as you're saying, that, that, that that's a, you know, you've, you've only got to have a job run on or, yeah. you know. And, and we really love our service work, yeah. you know. Um, and I don't quite believe you when you say that, but, but it's no, good no, no. you say that. You, you do really, you really we love the service we, work. We do really love the okay. service work. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you have your... You have your wonderful, wonderful clients, and then you have your your your, your special clients. Um, but generally, yeah. we we really we, we do really love our work, and and also being interactive. Like, why would anyone in their mind want to be interactive and then 
go back into linear TV and just not do interactive anymore. That, that's yeah. like moving back in time as a, as a sort of philosophy for a company. So, and we're passionate about, I mean, the good thing about service work is that you get to explore, with interactive stuff, you, you, it's not just sto story and narrative and design. You're exploring what can you do? How, how can you do it? How can you, how can you get kids to have a personal relationship with, with characters and um, what mechanics can you use? And that's constantly changing as tech changes. And so the invention required within that is, is fascinating, is absolutely fascinating. And, and there's no doubt that service work means you have projects motoring through your studio, which means you're in a constant state of, of kind of innovation. There's an innovation function there's a, within, within with the, the heart of the business, business. Yeah, yeah, which is exciting, Fair if enough. not a little bit kind, kind Scary. of yeah, knackering. It's kind yeah. of the cash, the, cash, the, the cash flow as well. Like with service, you're getting this yeah. constant, you know, because everybody knows the closings could take months, you know, years, the yeah. project to kind of come in. And you can't, well, you will incur costs, you know, but you'll only do it coming close to when the money's mm. going to be drawn down. But with service, not only can you draw down cash monthly, can also facilitate to grow your business from a you know, tech mm. point of view, and also it throws in like the service industry. You know, if you have somebody on the books, you know, for eight, nine months, two years through service, you can then take their skill set over to a production. You yeah. know, this cross hatching going on. So, you know, and it's important for us to try and get that service work back in. But you know, we are. We'd like to be. You know, you touched on it earlier, but you know, do you need a studio? Do you need a you know 50, 60, 70 people? Because it is tough to to, to feed is. that and to maintain that and. Uh, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, you, you, could, you might, if you're creating six or seven shows, do you need to have a studio or do you actually work with somebody offshore? You know, is, is that the best way to go? Mm -hmm. You know, for us, we enjoy having the team on board, but, you know, every month it's, you know, it's a worry. Can we keep going? Can we keep going? You know, so, something to look at. It just, it just helps you hang on to those people you've invested in, you know, over the service work yeah. when it has gone quite in between projects. Um, those people that we have uh, sort of grown from just out of uni really um if we didn't have that consistency we wouldn't be able to develop projects over three years and dip into them you know when we have the time to do that losing those guys or you know there's so much value uh, so are they your development resource i guess so yeah we um we try and uh, there's a couple of guys in the studio that we've spun out they, they do sort of half time on on a on 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 Sarah and Duck, um, mm. doing some storyboards, but also develops things at the same time and try to find a way to. Uh, at some point, you have to say, okay, we do need to spend some money on development and find a way to help the service work pay for it, and um, yeah, uh, uh, it, which isn't always easy. But I think if you don't sort of devote time that's not out of hours. Um, the, the, uh, you, you can't quite get to the stage you need. You know the 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 the, the, the competition level, the cutting forum, the yeah. amount you have to sit there for 25 minutes and present something rock solid. Um, uh, it really sings. Uh, it does take time, and yeah. we did have to sort of find commercial work did pay for that sort of year of development on Sarah and Duck um, to get it to that point. And we're doing a similar thing with some new ideas as well. But we wouldn't be able to do it if we didn't have money coming in from the other ways. All the energy within the studio to get people to help when we're making trailers. And, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's it, it touches on the, the, the fact that when you're making, when you're creating IP for, let's say, the traditional content distribution platforms, um, it's an expensive development process. Uh, and how many, is there, first of all, does anybody have any burning questions? If you don't, it's fine. You don't have to ask a question. If you want to ask a question, that's great. Um, but does anyone have any burning question they want to ask right now? No? Okay, that's fine. That's good. Um, just because I, I realize we're, we're, we're running down into yeah, that time. Um, 
the cost is is, is very very expensive, and 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 having a studio, I suppose to to, to flip the, the the question on its head, having a studio gives you resources, right, to be able to physically produce all of the development material that you need to produce to go and sell it, you know, to the BBC or or Disney or Nicola, whoever you choose to go and. Um, or beg to take your idea from. Um, Gary, how do you manage the development resources versus you know, the day-to-day -day service work that you're doing or just the animation that you're doing on, on the project that you already have off the ground? How do you carve out the creative time to keep your development pipeline moving? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, I suppose for us, you know, if we have two projects in house and one is IP, which you know, like Kiva can do, or Wilderness, you know, the margins are very small. You know, it's not a pure service. You've raised all the finance yourself, so we would tend to try and carve off some, you know, some line item where we can actually have, you know, take some money and produce a part of a trailer. But what we've done the last couple of years, we've strategically sat down and said, well. We're doing a project, be it Bodge, and it's got set budget, and we have to stick to that. And it's, you know, as I said earlier, we're treasury over the 41 money. That is 18 months we have to manage that, and then Wildernuts would be the same again. So what we do is we try and access uh, funding, be it through the Film Board Development Finance or through Media Slate Development, or we try and, you know, forgo our fees in some regard, remove that money across, and we create a kind of satellite budget where we try and tap into and say, well, this budget be it 50, 60 grand or 20 grand, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. You know, we're very, you know, economical with that money and say, well, look, we've got cartoon form coming up in a number of months. You know, we're pitching Kiva Can Do now in, in a couple of months. And uh, we have a set amount of money which we got from the film board and we're delighted to get it. But we have to cut our cloth and say, look, can we take this person for a couple of weeks to do a storyboard animatic? And, you know, that's the good thing about having a studio and, and you having two projects running or one project running through. You know, we can identify people, and people come to us and say, "Look, you know, just recently on one of our shows, we did a number of people are working on Bodge, and they're finishing up, and they want to get into the storyboard, and they come down and say, well, look, you know, I want to work on, it. I'll work for, I'll do stuff in the evening.' You know, they're really interested, and they're also coming down and pitching projects to us. So we kind of take people from different projects, and if we have commercial work in, if if there's some downtime on a project, then they come to us, you know, and they say, "Look, you know, we'd like to work on this," and this is how we manage it, but. We try and set aside because, you know, if, if you let that run away, projects suffer, you know, across the board. So we try to be very kind of strategic and sit down with our advisors, our accountants, and say, look, we've got 30 grand here, and it's a completely separate fund, and it's trickled down, and that's how we manage it. Okay. Um, there's a red light flashing madly at me, which tells me that uh, we've <coughs> run out of time. Uh, I want to thank you guys very much for coming and giving of your time and your experience. I want to thank the audience for giving up lunch, or maybe you ate beforehand, and being with us. Um, thank you, Phil, for producing, Alison, for executive producing. Thank you very much.